Welcome back to another episode of the F1 Files, folks. I am your host, Corey Willis, and... What's up? This is John Lepore. How we doing, Corey? <laughs> ah, fantastic. Doing, <laughs> doing fantastic. Uh, we are coming to you uh, live from our respective uh palaces <laughs> um uh media palaces uh let's call them um we are doing this podcast here because we're a couple of uh a couple of friends a couple of lifelong friends yeah a couple of couple yeah, of way too uh, long way way back way back buddies um way back buddy that sounds weird that sounds like the hardy boys or something i'm um, sure that's a thing yeah, uh, the Wayback Buddies is. Uh, if it's not, then that's I'm. We're trademarking it's the new it right name. Now. New name for the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, um, the F1 Files uh, colon the Wayback Buddies. Uh, um, uh, no, we're uh, we're a couple of uh, friends who are big old F1 fans, and in this podcast, we talk about the goings on of Formula One. Uh, through the the scope of a couple of fans from the United States, we were born and raised here, and somehow managed to be adamant, uh, exuberant, uh, uh, over enthusiastic fans of the sport. Um, uh, despite, always, yeah. always a, a weird thing being like an F one junkie in the United States. Like it's not like any of us can just roll up to our local bar. And be like, hey, no, throw yeah. on, throw on the Grand Prix, and uh, yeah, is that, what is that? Was that is that a is that a new NASCAR thing they're doing? They, what is that? That's quite literally what is often um, uh, just lobbed back at me. Is like, oh, is that is that NASCAR? And I'm like, mm, no. And then I have to try and figure out which channel to have them watch it on, which is always impossible. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, that's, that's a whole other issue, but we're, we're a couple of, uh, fans here in the U S and we are going to be talking about the goings on of formula one here in, uh, the U S as well as the world. It is a global sport after all. Uh, and, um, what, what, what are we getting into this week, John? What are, what are, what are some we, of the things we're going to be talking about? We, we got a lot going on this week. It was a very eventful week. We had testing in Bahrain, which I think yeah. there's a, a bit to discuss there. Uh, and then this, uh, this new thing that's become a very important part of the Formula One world, uh, the Drive to Survive documentary series just released their latest season uh, All covering- episodes. Yep. All of the episodes dropped uh, just uh, about 72 hours ago, covering the entire 2021 season. And uh, it's fun to see the sport through this this new lens that I, I, is currently being considered, you know, something that has drawn a whole new fan base to yeah. Formula One. And I think it's one of the reasons we're so excited about doing this podcast is because we see this enormous uptick in American fandom and you yeah. know, considering that we've, we've always been, uh, you know, really interested in pulling in as many fans into this space or finding anybody like minded, literally anybody yeah. who will listen. Um, uh, I mean, uh, 
it's like one of the only things that I wear um, as like a billboard uh, is when I'm wearing something with F1 on it. Or if I like see another fan in the US, uh, I always like make eyes at them and I like give them like a knowing nod. Uh, and they always recognize it. Whether or not I'm wearing any gear, like they're like, oh, that's clearly someone who's a fan. They see me. What a, what a, what a wonderful thing. I mean, when I go to my yeah. local grocery store, it's not like every other Jets fan that sees each other are going to be like, do you also like the football? You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the easiest thing. Yeah. To, to access, um, uh, in every other part of the world. Um, it's just an acknowledgement. Yeah. I once weird place to run into an F1 fan. I went to a, a beautiful spa to purchase a gift certificate to give to my wife for oh. Valentine's day or an anniversary or something You're like good that. Husband. What a good hubby. And I, I was, uh, I was wearing some sort of F1 gear and there was a kid who came in, who was doing like the same exact thing for his girlfriend and he just uh it was it was on a saturday morning and he just turned up qualifying on his phone like turned the volume way up oh yes you know baiting me to be like yo what, what are you are you watching qualifying are right you watching now? Quali- and then like right now you know, <laughs> and he like you know immediately was just like oh you should see what perez just did on his last and it was just yeah you know, that's that's the beautiful thing about formula one yeah. as an emerging sport as something it's a very exciting time i think to be a formula one fan in the united states uh because i i do think we're gonna we're gonna see this sport continue to grow here yeah and uh you know, and 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 look at us, Corey. We're on the ground floor. Here we are. Here we are. I mean, <laughs> folks, um, uh, this is our multi-level marketing. Uh, where where we get you to be fans of a sport, and we don't actually. We literally will not make any money off of it. Uh, if you you can purchase tickets and like purchase all the gear you want, we don't get any of those proceeds uh, <laughs> unless we someone decides to sponsor us. Um, but that won't change. That would not color the podcast if we were, uh, sponsored by anyone because we're already, uh, Mercedes and Hamilton fans. <laughs> so, uh, um, which are, we're like the, the growing, uh, contrarians with, uh, with the drive to survive, um, all, all the all all the chatter about this, this most recent season. I know it's very recent that it was uh that that this season dropped uh for drive to survive but a lot of folks were are saying like it is it's creating uh villains out of mercedes uh and 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 hamilton and both us uh to a lesser extent but mostly like toto and hamilton and mercedes are really starting to look like uh like the villains um which is i'm it's that's like a rare treat for me to be like oh i'm part of I'm part of like people want to take us down a peg. Like, well, okay, that's weird. Um, but let's let's not talk too much about Drive to Survive now. Let's talk more about it at the end of the the episode because we had so uh, uh, so much testing, so much testing that happened. Yeah, yeah. So we had three days of Bahrain testing. This is the second uh, testing stint that happens. Second mm-hmm. and final mm-hmm. testing stint. We had uh, a first stint in Barcelona. Barcelona, that's right. Barcelona. And we're uh, 
in Bahrain, I got the sense that we saw a little more of the serious equipment rolling out. Uh, yes. Corey, you alluded to this last week. You said, hey, I've been hearing some rumors. What was the big thing that showed up in Bahrain? It was the the thing that did not show up in Bahrain was the big thing that showed up in Bahrain, which uh, is uh, a Mercedes uh, showed up and it had uh, what some are calling the non-pod. Um, uh, there's, there's a very slim to nil presence of the side pods on those Mercedes, uh, whereas every other car on the grid has like gone to great lengths to shape these side pods uh which which usually housing uh they're housing like the cooling components of these vehicles uh because these engines get so hot they just need uh, a, a huge amount of cooling so usually the side pods kind of govern the airflow uh for those cooling centers uh and yeah i mean i uh, think i think of each side pod on I, on either side of the car as a huge mouth to pull fresh air into the engine to keep it cool an incredibly yeah. critical component and somehow the geniuses at mercedes just figured out just, some solution to say like well why why wild. even why why have side pods it's so wild and there's there's this thing that um they're they're working with i believe there was like a partnership uh, and this is one of those partnerships that like we've referenced before where like you see sponsors that uh that are title sponsors like these huge brands that are somewhat recognizable that show up on the sides of cars and then these like obscure random brands that show up and one of these brands that partnered with Mercedes is i believe from the aerospace uh, uh uh industry and they specialize in this like new heat exchange cooling so it's like just a a revolutionary way of uh cooling um motors mo like moving parts of engines uh in order to to shrink the size and the payload of these satellites and these rockets that are going up they, that's the idea here is you know the less weight you have the less you know it costs to get the thing up there the less fuel you need um and mercedes partnered either last year or the year before with this company and this is kind of what it has yielded uh is this revolutionary way of cooling these engine components uh because the side pods they house actual engine components like you'll it's not like those are just giant holes um that like just house air it's literally as soon as the air passes beyond what you can see uh it is immediately impacting mechanical structures within those side pods so the fact that mercedes not only removed uh, a large aerodynamic drag structure of the side pod itself but all of the components that sit within that had to go somewhere it's not like they they can just like snap their fingers and they magically disappear those components are still in that engine somewhere and that is also i mean that's some forward thinking stuff for mercedes because the engines are going to be frozen in what you can bring to like upgrades and bring to those new motors up until 2026 so they're looking four years ahead with these like different cooling and uh, heat exchange, it's also got to be 
pretty it's risky wild. that if they find out that when they're, you know, yeah. racing out in the desert that the engine starts overheating because they don't have adequate airflow because of the lack of side pods. Yeah. That would be a huge blunder. And you have to imagine that, you know, obviously they've, they've uh, gotten out ahead of that and have some sort of solution for, but it's, it's something that leads me to believe that there's some sort of, there's some sort of exchange that's happening between the motor, the actual moving components of those engines and the air that passes by them. There's something they've created some sort of something between them to accelerate a heat exchange. So it's it's not that they it's the the parts don't exist anymore. It's not that they've like they've taken a totally different uh, idea uh, and just gone forward with it. So it is it's it's riskier than anyone else because there's no alt there's no alt plan for this if you have these large engines Mm -hmm. you can cool them in any different way you can use air you can use fluid you can use a mixture of the two uh but if you don't even have those components it's like well you're kind of you're kind of stuck with what you've got going forward so it is a huge risk um in in so many different ways but all right so is this all this car showing up at the second testing session and not the first testing session? Is this some pure fuckery? By- That's some fuckery right there. That is absolute theater, and they even admitted it. They said it uh, when when someone was confronted. I think it was James Allison, maybe, uh, where they were like, "Well, what was under those side pods at the first like?" did you completely redesign the way that the engine is cooled? And he was like, no, no. Um, so quite literally it was like, they, uh, they, it was, it was nonsense. It was like, uh, uh, the, the biggest like David Copperfield, uh, uh, move, uh, where they were just like, Oh, we're not, I mean, and I, you gotta love when teams do this. I mean, I know, we talked about this early on in one of our first couple of episodes where Red Bull showed up with their car, which wasn't the real car. And we all knew it, right? Like, and that's the, this is the dramatic thing. I think that maybe drives her to survive has influenced Red Bull and like the way that they reveal their cars and the way they reveal their tech is like more dramatic than is necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas the Mercedes quite literally was like, Oh no, we just, that was we just had extra stuff on the car um it's not that like we said it was something else we just like we took off a layer and it was what was underneath the car that was actually the car uh whereas red bull i mean like, it's pretty it's we pretty funny anything. just <laughs> just to even think of like they're bringing also you know two incredible drivers out to that first testing session and they're just like, yeah. listen, guys, we got it. Like, just do us a favor. Just drive the car around with a parachute hanging off the back of it. And quite just, literally you know, try, try to act like it's cool. And yeah, see. so 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 this steers me just towards like the the broader concept of this story that we see during testing. Sometimes we even see it during practice on a race mm-hmm. weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, even up through qualifying. 
I mean, you'll you'll see it in uh, in the first uh, literally qualifying one and qualifying two for for these front teams for the for the front runners for yeah for sure. who know they're going to so, make it they'll they'll sandbag all the way up until like when it really really matters yeah now I don't think we'll see that in qualifying at least next weekend because no, we've had yeah. such a major reshuffling of the deck and we don't know where anyone really sits in terms of who's the most competitive teams out there. Yeah. Do you think that despite the fuckery, do you think there's any sense that we can get of who is, who's going to be looking hot this season based on what we saw in, in testing? I mean, it is so hard. It's not that it's not that any any one team is like dominant. It's that every single team, and I mean every single team, has shown real pace. They've shown a lot of strength at different parts in qualifying. I mean, the fact that I I know that the conditions were like perfect for Magnuson uh, to run that like amazing lap on that first day uh they had an extra hour of testing and the conditions were much more like the race uh and just those desert cool conditions the the hot track cool air it was perfect for him to to do really really well so i get that you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt um when you see a team perform that well in isolation when no other team is out there on the track with them but well so 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 that's the thing. There's there's a lot of buzz around the Haas team yeah. in general looking yeah. really looking really hot. And I mean, I would love I, I would love to see this be a, a story that unfolds this season where they're just like, oh yeah, we had this heinous uh, you know, two hundred pound sponsor yeah. slowing our car down with an awful driver in Nikita Mazepin, who is basically funding our our team into existence. And if these guys who had this shakeup due to the, you know, political turmoil at, at the moment and, you know, lost a driver, lost a sponsor, and then still showed up and killed it. And yeah. then that was, you know, potentially an opportunity for them to get uh, a new sponsor, an impressive sponsor, an exciting sponsor or something to carry them along. And then on top of all of that, uh, you know, one of the most exciting stories of testing was that second fastest time on the final day of testing was Mick Schumacher, was who has always Schumacher. hovered, hovered I mean, at the back of the grid uh, for his rookie but year. Always shows like has like always pushed you always see him he's he was always right not always but for the most part he was on the cusp just as much as george russell was in that williams he was almost always on the cusp of making in into that second qualifying uh, uh round every single weekend with a car that was nearly undrivable i mean literally uh yeah. Ma- mazapin was dubbed mazaspin because he spun that car so much and not that he was like a great driver, but Mazepin was, he's, he was an F1 driver. He was like a very competent mm-hmm. driver. That car was very hard to drive. Uh, so for Mick to have done well when it was really just uh, like bricks, he was driving a, a, a just a literal like wheelbarrow full of bricks around uh, and almost making it into Q3 uh, and then finally actually making it, I think, in Turkey. Maybe he made it into like uh, Q3 or Q2 
um, rather. Uh, but anyways, um, th- the idea that Mick and Magnuson could potentially have a strong car. Oh, what? I mean, you want to talk about like a, a real Cinderella story for United States uh, Formula One fandom. I mean, you've got a team that is uh, on the surface as American as American gets, right? It's Gene Haas's name is on the side of that car um, uh, of Haas Motorsports, like one of the most legendary teams in American motorsports is Gene Haas. Um, he like runs shit basically uh so the fact that there could be a phenomenal car with that name on it that's like regularly competing for a podium that's it's pretty pretty wild um that's wild. i saw it's wild i saw a uh some 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 good team sponsored social media action you know the teams all it's like a new competition these days to see who's got the savviest you know social media uh intern yeah. working the working the keyboards for for yep. each of these teams and uh, Haas posted a video of Mick getting out of the car and just walking through the garage and thanking every single person in the garage going up to them you know giving every single engineer every single uh yeah. person on the team their their props and the Mercedes uh official team account replied to that and said, you know, we're not surprised Michael used to do the same thing with our team. It's just, oh, damn yeah, it, man. It's hard not to get that. Uh, I mean, Oof. and Oof. here's, here's the thing. I also heard like this really, really cool uh, stat about Schumacher, uh, about Mick Schumacher is uh, every time he makes it to a new level, he has like a year and then the following year, he has literally won the championship. He, mm-hmm. it happened when he went from karting to F3 and it happened when he went from F3 to F2. And then last year he had an absolute year and oh my God, if he has a good car and he knows how to drive humble now because he's had to because he literally had no choice not to mention that he had one of the greatest driving coaches in the history of the sport uh arguably the greatest driving coach uh you could have ever had uh is michael schumacher uh lovingly stewarding you forward um and then having like eh, having your uncle be Ralph Schumacher. Like, it's just like, are you kidding me? This kid is yeah. destined for greatness. And if he has a good car this year and what happened on that third day of testing is reflective of what he might have going forward in the season. I mean, whew, um, we, we might be in for a, a, a storybook season in a way that is just totally unexpected. Um, I mean, the potential is there for so many, though. That that's the thing, though, is you're saying, you know, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the, no, the, whole the, thing, the deck has been reshuffled. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows with the the drastic changes? And it could be someone's got the fastest car by far, but they can't have it be reliable. You know, yeah, um, which could be the McLaren. There's that's all what sorts. It of, sounded seems like with the McLaren was struggling a little bit with that too um yeah yeah the williams also was struggling with reliability so um but i gotta say if 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 i 
I have to reluctantly say the team that looked the strongest is Red Bull. Red Bull looks like they're going to come out of the gate and maybe win the first two races, maybe win the first three races. They're just, Mm. both drivers came out. I mean, Sergio came out with the new upgrades when they rolled out with those new upgrades. And in his, like, not his installation lap, but basically his installation lap, he came in and, like, toasted the field by almost a full second. And it was like, oh, what? And they absolutely showed like footage of Adrian Newey like raising his eyebrows uh, and like kind of like <laughs> smirking as he turned away from the screens um, in that like very Adrian Newey way. And it was like, and him and I think it was like him and Marco were like, oh boy, hello. Um, and I think the Red Bulls probably looking the strongest. Um, Hmm. I, I hate to say it, but it does. It really does. Yeah, I'm. I I'm not. I'm still just not certain. I mean, I I see. I I think I think Red Bull is going to be real strong. I think they're yeah. they're going to be a threat to everybody. But I'm still I'm still just curious to see what happens. I I, I do think there's going to be some wild cards. I do think there's going to be some big surprises. I think Mercedes is going to show up really strong. They were putting. I on think so a really big act of, Oh, I don't know. We think the, the Ferraris are going to be the team to follow this year. And just, you know, every, everyone had a sort of like, you know, an internal PR strategy of like, not to mention if, if like, if you noticed, like, this is the thing uh, that, that I've now as, as a fan of Mercedes and like watching them, like, very critically uh, over the past like five years, uh, the way that they approach testing and these early uh, early races, um, they are so good at putting on a show of like we're struggling, guys. We're we're really struggling here. It's uh, it's this is this is a life lesson here. Do you, Corey? Do you know UPod? UPod is is the life lesson of all life lessons. It is What's this under now? promise. Under promise. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Under promise. Over deliver. Over deliver. Oh yeah. yeah. Every time. Every time. Do but not. So, if you are, if you are late to having lunch with your friends, and you're going to be 15 minutes late, call yeah. them up and tell them that you're going to be 25 minutes late, and yeah, then and you're then you magically 10 minutes early, and you've, it's you've like just I, you've <laughs> just time traveled. It's I amazing. made up time. It's I don't incredible. know what happened. Like it was like I was like Moses out there. Um, uh yeah yeah I, I I get that but what I what I think Mercedes has done what it seems they've done and like it's kind of this thing of like oh I, don't we all kind of see what they're doing here uh they like struggled so much with the porpoising issue I mean they just couldn't get it under control and it's like well yeah you can I know you can I know like I know Mercedes can do a couple of things to sort out the porpoising issue. To me, this smacks of, we found a variable. We, we found a variable that we can kind of use, like we can mask this like control as a variable uh, because like you, we can't control this porpoising and like, it's so difficult and uh, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're even doing, it's even doing it on the back straight. Uh, like literally listening to the commentators, like noticing it and calling it out. It was like, you guys have to 
know that Mercedes are going to fix this problem. And when they fix this problem, they are going to show up and uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be massive. Um, So I think that, and I also heard uh, another little rumor that Mercedes by like the skin of their teeth missed bringing uh, a brand new like proper floor upgrade like uh one that will mm. shock the paddock to see um they just barely missed the cutoff with i think freight to get it there uh to actually get it installed so but it is i guess there it is in bahrain so when they show up for free wow. practice one there may be a brand new floor that like no one is expecting um because of course they already have like a revolutionary design so if they come with a new floor design that floor is going to look so gnarly i mean it's exposed that's like the thing that the side pods Mm -hmm. do is they kind of mask whatever teams are doing aerodynamically with like the dropped floor under the side pod that creates like all these like literally allows them users it, yeah. it allows them to use the lack of the absence of side pod allows them to even more drastically use the top of the floor as yep. opposed to the underside of yep. the floor, um, which is is potentially going to be absolutely revolutionary for them. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm you know, I mean, I was just looking through uh, I was just looking through the 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 times and you know when you look down the list it's like all right first fastest time uh mm-hmm. red bull second fastest time haas and you're like ooh cinderella story and then third fastest time leclerc and ferrari and you're like okay mm-hmm. and then the next fastest time it's one of the alpines what and then after yeah. that mercedes and then the alfa romeo and then uh, the the uh, one of the Toro Rossos and like at that point you're just like oh all right this is this is just sort of like it's it's fuckery yeah it's all fuckery absolutely um, it has to be they're they're just it's like they are the big shark like just waiting out beyond the breakers um, waiting for you to be like well this sun's gone down. I need a, I need to go for a dip. Uh, it's just Biden. It's time, baby. It's Biden. It's time. Uh, and I, I, I do believe that that's what Mercedes is going to bring. And then they're going to, I, I, I don't want to see them run away with the season, but I think that like, if Mercedes does what they seem to be doing this, the thing, all these pieces are kind of lining up where they may end up with, just not only uh, uh, something that dominates this year, but they could end up dominating the next several seasons, uh, which is like, it's annoying. I get it. It's annoying uh, as people who came, uh, uh, who went through the Red Bull era um, uh, and like, even, even the Ferrari Schumacher Schumacher era. era, I mean, that it's, it can be real boring watching the same people win every race. And I don't necessarily want to see that. Um, I'm I'm optimistic that we're going to see a race, at least for the first half of the season, we're going to see a race to race shuffle of everyone adopting everyone else's strategies and continuing to develop uh, whatever aspects of the car are still uh, 
unlocked or allowed to be developed. Um, wild stuff happening there. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll, before we get to the end of this episode, we'll, we'll touch on what we're expecting to see in Bahrain. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's turn the corner to something else that is, uh, to me, uh, uh, an enormous moment in the yeah. world of formula one this week, which is just that those new drive to survive episodes dropped yeah. on Netflix, this incredible documentary, uh, that has been, uh, a few seasons in now, uh, giving many viewers out there a unprecedented view of this sport, uh, yes. and a really interesting and like personal view of it. I loved that when I fired up my Netflix, you know, you open up your Netflix, I, I pull it up on my TV set. Yeah, yeah. Pull it up on my TV set, and there's always like at the top of the screen, there's some sort of thing that's like, ah, oh, this is the new movie that just came out, or there's you know the new season of Stranger Things is out, or whatever, and it'll like slide and load up something else, or or whatever, and you know it's like, or you can go down, and you can resume the stuff that you were watching, you can check out these other things that are down here. It was like it like took over my entire screen. It was just like yeah. John. We know why you open hey, this app right hey, now. Hey, just just like, turn it on. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, baby. And it just yeah. yeah I mean, and it and it's funny because it literally just starts playing. Like I don't even have to press the button that is like mm-hmm. begin episode. Like it just starts playing. Like it's just like don't worry. You just you know yeah you just finish settling into your seat hope, and yeah. you know we hope you've you yeah exactly we hope you've like pulled the blanket up and like adjusted the pillow so that yeah. like your back isn't gonna hurt because you're gonna be here for the next you've, several hours you've got a drink in hand or yeah. or a, a a tasty snack or whatnot and let's let's dive right in um yeah. so you know always always fun to see um i uh i have not watched the full season yet Mm-hmm. Um, I caught, uh, bits and pieces of it. Um, and I, I kind of jumped around a little bit. I got, I started with the first episode and madness. about as soon as I got to, around. that's madness. Uh, well, I listen, I was watching the first episode and as soon as like, we got to like Christian Horner and his wife, uh, like riding on horses, yeah. I was just like. All right, fuck this. I'm ju- and I would jump straight to the final episode of yeah, the season, yeah. and I and I watched through through that, and then I and then I went back and I kind of I kind of caught up a little bit, and you know I I'll be honest, the uh I'll, I will say that the final episode was not even able to capture the insane yeah. near heart attack levels of drama that there was in, yeah. you know, and, and it's sort of not drive to survive style. Like the drive to survive is like very much preoccupied with what's happening off the track, which I think is cool and really interesting for the format, for the, the, yes. the, the show yes. that they put together. Um, but they, they still like, even as I was watching it, I had, you know, burned like you know absolutely singed uh scorched into my memory every single like nuance of that race i was like ah but you you skipped this part oh and you didn't cover this thing and there was this other you know and uh and whatnot i do uh, Um, the thing the thing um uh just real quick before we get into more drive to survive was i when when watching those races 
um this is like how much of like uh of i guess how invested i am in in like what's going on uh when <laughs> when there were those moments where like toto freaked out and like screamed and reacted mm-hmm. i missed those moments like i fully missed those moments because i myself was reacting in like huge unnecessarily <laughs> um like uh uh dramatic ways uh so like i would like I, like all of a sudden, like there'd be a replay of like Toto just like slowly tearing headphones, and I'm like, "When did that happen?" Oh, it was probably when I was yelling and stomping and like punching a pillow. Hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Um. So yeah, uh, uh, it's they they do a great job of uh of demonstrating the drama usually uh on Drive to Survive. Now I've only seen. The first episode, I got to the point I had a similar rage response that you did. Um, <laughs> h- however, I mean, I do. Uh, um, uh, f- we we don't really talk about what we do outside of this, but um, uh, I do comedy for a living. Uh, so, just the simple fact that like someone filmed Christian Horner and like perfectly cut it so that it's just you can tell it's christian horner but like the central focus of the frame is a horse's ass while he's talking was just like i love this i love whoever whoever had to edit this like was like you know what i am going to do this visual joke and they're gonna tell me to change that they're gonna tell me to like you can't crop it like that you gotta like crop that you can't just come on it's like come on don't do that and they literally let them do it so kudos to their whoever edi- their, edited that. their editors are genius and i'll tell you what they did really impressed what they did was their their initial cut of it had like the horses like entire schlong unfurling and just <laughs> urinating into the mud and making a huge mess and then and then someone came and was like well you can't you can't put that on netflix yeah you just yeah. can't do that. That's horrific. And then they they went to just the the horse's ass, and the and the editor was like, "That was the plan the whole time. That, that was, was the plan. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was that was the strategy. These guys are geniuses. And and I mean, like, I I I don't despise Christian Horner or anything like that. I think you know, I, I've I've respect for everyone in the sport except for yes. Nikita Mazepin. Yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. I I have uh, I think that the I there's think also Christian a big, Horner, there's also a big old asterisk next to Jos Verstappen. Um, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a big it's, old, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, let's let's not even consider him like directly part of the sport. I mean, he's. Is it know, weird that I think of whenever I think of like um, uh, whatever uh, Nikita's dad's name is, whoever he is, whenever I think of him. I'm like, I get a picture of Jasper Stappen. I just imagine that that is like Nikita's dad. Well, it's uh, like, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. some sort of like constructivist version of Jasper Stappen. Like, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. sure, I'm, uh, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. all right, so the these drive to survive filmmakers, yes, uh, I find it astounding that they were able to trap Christian Horner or basically just just like through this season. And I don't know how Christian Horner and his people aren't somehow realizing what's going on. In the first few episodes, we see Christian Horner 
riding horseback with a spice girl, like fully done up in his like riding gear and his like knee high boots and whatnot. Yep. Yep. We see him, uh, you know, uh, clay shooting, sport shooting, you know, in his sport shooting attire and his outfit. And it probably driven his, you know, the, the Range Rover that he only drives when he's sports shooting because it's got the rack in the back of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, his, his sports shooting cognac that he likes to drink afterwards and whatnot. And then they have a scene where it is Christian Horner and his kids and he's like very obviously doing the thing of like, you know, he's interacting with his kids in a delightful way. If you were a stranger with someone else's children, oh no, whatnot. And, <laughs> and I'm just, and I'm just thinking like, they are just like stacking up and like, and oh, doing no. it in like his vineyard, you know, like in yeah. his like endless vineyard. And yeah. like, I'm like, these are the ways that like they they when you're making a film about Pablo Escobar, these are the things that you show the most like vicious villain yeah. in the world. Do these have are you, the things you're like, you well, seen, can we I get them? Of hippos. Um, I, I just have a bunch yeah. of hippos. And it's like well, uh, Christian, you know, yeah. you shouldn't have hippos. They're not indigenous to uh, England. <laughs> How how less like a human can we make this guy seem, you know, well, we could have him horseback riding and then, you know, shooting expensive rifles and then, you know, pretending to play with children, uh, you know, and whatnot. And I just thought that's, uh, you know, I mean, these guys have to all be they're all obviously i mean it's even become part of drive to survive now is like everybody acknowledging like oh look at me i'm on drive to survive and and whatnot and like i have to put on a show for the cameras and i just thought like oh christian like that's just like that's bush league to to go out there and just make yourself look like the most elitist obnoxious that's uh, the thing though is is that he like uh, uh, we don't, I don't, I'm not trying to draw like equivalencies uh, between, but like, it's that like the idea of like, he's on the outside looking in um, and it's like, I married a spice girl. It's like, okay, that doesn't make you like one of us. Um, and it's like, I, I run an F1 team and it's like, well, you, yeah. Um, yeah. You run an F1 team, but you know, um, uh you did kind of it is no offense but it was like a like an energy drinks company um like it's literally like like he can't he's like going about it in all the wrong ways so now that he can be on like a thoroughbred horse with like its tail perfectly uh, uh <laughs> perfectly like adjusted so it's covering uh it's like gaping butthole um uh while he's just talking absolute nonsense um and ginger spice is like sniping at him she literally is like oh your horse is like Valtteri Botas and he's like my horse isn't like Botas <laughs> oh, how dare you uh and it's like Jesus yeah yeah that Jesus. that's that's pretty oh, that's pretty rough that's yeah that's uh, uh yeah it's uh it's it's rough stuff so uh yeah uh I got I got more drive to survive episodes to watch yeah uh, I literally have uh, all I'll of be... them except for yeah that first one um, I'll be I'll be curious to see what other sort of insights there are. I will say they also do like an interesting thing where like they paint 
Toto is being, you know, bloodthirsty and, you know, the, their their closing moments on him are like full yeah. on like the the final episode closes with him like making like a, a Terminator-esque statement, uh, you know, basically like staring into the camera as like fire comes up behind him. He's rocking a black turtleneck and it's just like, yeah, yeah, Toto, go get him. Go get him you, with your like Hank Scorpio energy. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, look, I'm not saying that he isn't. He also leans into the whole like I am an Austrian businessman. Like, like that I mean, is, I, you know, I li- listen, like at the end of the day, the, yeah. uh, how do you handle these egos and, you know, the sort of challenges and, and whatnot? Like I, I get, I yield to these guys, outrageous personalities to some extent. And I mean, I quite frankly, at the end of the day, I'm just thankful that like there even is wildly colorful things like the guy that smashes his headset and the other guy that's like, you know, his wife is a nineties pop mega star and like whatnot. Like, it's like, sure. Give me, give me more of that. Like I want, yeah, I want yeah, all of those that. things. I'll uh, take Jean, uh, did you know, uh, Jean Todd who used to run the Ferrari team and is now uh president of the FIA, you know who his wife is? It's Michelle. Yo, yes. he's, he's this tiny little Frenchman who is married to, uh, the female Jackie Chan. Like, I think that's like the coolest shit in the world. Yeah. And like, I, I just love, I love all that wildness that sort of comes into this. And, you know, there's, and, and as much as I'm whining about the vineyards and the horseback riding and whatnot, I do think it's still kind of, kind of hilarious I mean, to also imagine that these guys are driving their like La Ferraris into bat caves and, and whatnot. It is part of the culture, uh, and that that's I think that's part of my like I, I do I appreciate what Drive to Survive is doing for Formula One in the US specifically. Um and then also like in the world too, sure. But I think the world gets that like this is a, a documentary series, like being like, Hey Americans, Formula One's really good is this a palatable way that you might like to enjoy it? And unfortunately the palatable way that the U S is like, like clamoring for this. Um, the, the reason why it's palatable to our culture is because we just like love the drama. We love that reality show feel of Mm -hmm. like, Oh, listen to them. Like dish on each other. Listen to them. Like snipe at each other. I want to see the reunion show where they're all on a panel together and we see where they're at in five years. Like I guarantee you that that is going to be a part of drive to survive at a certain point. If it isn't already where they like full on do like retrospectives. Um, uh, I think this is I, I an amazing. I think, I think along with, I may the, have just, this is, yeah, we, I, we I should revisit this in the future. Cause I think there's a whole like, what are the drive to survive spinoffs? And there's one where it's like, yeah. 
you know, Gunther Steiner uh, has to starve on an island for yes. for a week naked, you know, yep. and what's the what's the spinoff where, you know, uh, no, it's uh, like Gunther got- and Gene Haas have to like are, are like literally naked and afraid on an island together and they have to yep. uh, survive. Whoever survives that uh, runs the F1 team uh, completely um, like a dictator. Um, I I want to see one where one day on like Saturday qualifying, they're like pole position goes to the first driver to get engaged to a woman in the next hour. You yeah. Know? And <laughs> Jesus, and just let's, let's do it all. Let's, uh, well, let's make I, it all, make it all happen. Drive to survive. I think that's why, again, that's part of why I'm like, oh, I don't it, love the it. The show could have been just called like formula one, you know, the documentary, but the fact that it's called drive to survive means that, they're like, no, 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 we need to be able to turn this into like, you know, Hunger Games if we need to. <laughs> but also there's like the history of the sport is up until very recently, Drive to Survive would be like, uh, like, hey, maybe don't call uh, something about F1 um, about like driver surviving um like yeah, Jack, yeah Jack, jackie jackie stewart didn't consult on no. the creation of no. uh of that title oh. um just being like oh i had i had a bunch of friends last year and now i don't um because folks look if you're interested in the history of f1 that is that is not an exaggeration the, what, what the, i just the docu- said the documentary is called one i think that's all about F1 yep. in the 60s and 70s and like literally yep. guys getting killed it's, in races left and right. And like it was just, a regular you know, thing. Yeah. To the point of where it was like it was expected. I mean it was yeah. fully expected. Uh they yeah. didn't even put in safety protocols. It was just like, well people are going to die. Um so we should have like ways of covering the bodies and getting the bodies off the track quickly so the race can resume so more people can die. All right. Well, uh, this has gotten very dark. Um uh it's but I guess so Drive to Survive is a very Drive good Drive to Survive. <laughs> It's a great name, uh, and let's like also, also, the history of it. Also, Enzo Ferrari's motto. Uh, yes, in, literally in Formula yeah. One. Um, yeah, All right, so uh, make the drivers uh, get that tattooed. Um, um, yeah. So, so I want to I want to use this just to interject a recurring question that I always mm-hmm. have, um, which is: uh, This week, yeah, did Formula One stock go up? In the United States, oh, I think it it rose, um, almost like in like a like a GameStop um uh, fashion. <laughs> it like, was yeah, yeah. Drive to Survive equals meme stock caliber growth. Yeah, for Formula One in the in the U.S. So like more so than probably any, and it, it almost pains me to say more so than the actual racing in the season itself this netflix yeah. documentary well, series has an enormous it, impact it speaks it speaks volumes um that they literally had like 8 hours a day worth of coverage of testing literally i mean folks i mm-hmm. i am ashamed to admit that i watched all of testing uh, I put in like full work 
like uh, like full eight hour shifts uh, took lunch breaks when they took lunch breaks, um, but like absolutely watched all of testing. And that was more or less like lost in the the narrative of like, hey, but did you hear that like Drive to Survive dropped? It's like, well, I, mm-hmm. yes, I did hear that. Um, I'm watching the testing and not to be like, I'm a purist and I'm watching the real formula one, but like I literally have not had time to watch drive to survive. I watched one episode, saw that it was, they were making a joke out of Christian Horner being a horse's ass and was like, okay, I'll get back to this. I have like serious stuff to watch right now though. Um, so I think, I think it's stock went way up. Um, uh, but also I think it's stock went way up for people like me, uh, who, love to just fully geek out on this stuff and love to listen to all these reflections and like these post session analyses. Uh, uh, also folks, there's huge, huge news coming, huge news coming this week, which I heard it mentioned during one of these testing sessions, they are about to announce that there is going to be a third grand prix in the United States. It's going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it will be announced sometime in the next uh, either few days or maybe on the media day uh, before the the actual Grand Prix, before the starting uh, the start of the season. Uh, but it is absolutely happening. the The contract, the the ink is drying on the contract, and we will be getting uh, at least uh, a race. Uh, or two in Las Vegas in the desert, uh, another desert race, um, uh, and also one that just so happens to be about five hours from me. So I will absolutely be going to that bad boy. Um, but yeah, 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 I will, I will, I will see you there for that, and I'll, I'll dive. You know, once, once the official announcement comes through, I think there's a ton to talk about there. But I mean, just thrilling yeah. to think of the prospect of us going from. A, a decade ago, zero Grand Prix in the United States, only yeah. one on the entire continent. Yeah. And now we will, with Las Vegas added, we will have five races on the continent. That's and nuts. Three of those being in the United States. I think that's that, that speaks nuts. to this this notion of of uh the the sport exploding across the country and yeah. to me that's just you know and 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 to me all of this you know and I'm I'm I, I I'm I've a few different you know mindsets to it I do have the purest sort of uh, process is part of me as well but like I also for me I just like anything that gets people hyped about F1 whether it's Vegas whether it's Drive to Survive whether it's Christian Horner's <laughs> horse riding boots, whatever it is, I'm uh, I'm like, all right, cool, bring it on, because it's it's all uh, to me. It's good for it's good for us as American fans. Until yeah. you know, inevitably, eighteen months from now, I'm complaining that uh, the sport's overrun with new fans, and yeah, I was just I saturated. Was, I was the true school, and. Yeah. Uh, and I can't get tickets um, but, to a race because they keep selling out on StubHub. Ex- um, exactly. Uh, but I mean, awesome, awesome, uh, awesome prospect there. Yep. And yeah, uh, I love, I love the idea of the, uh, the Vegas race and the, you know, the, the also just like sheer 
flamboyancy of the United States race locations between Miami and Vegas. I mean, uh, they're it's, they're going for it. I mean, they yeah. they literally when 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 you hear foreigners do an American accent, um, and I'm saying like not a United States, but like an American accent, they try to do a Texas accent, um, or they try to do uh, some sort of like weirdly offensive uh, New York accent. Um, those are like the two versions that you hear. So maybe that means we're going to get a race in your backyard as well, John. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, um, that's got to be the next step. That's uh, it, I, I'll be yeah, I'll be upset if Formula One is uh, going as hard in the U.S. as it as it potentially can and doesn't throw in some sort of I'm New gonna, York. I'll 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna bonus time this one and say that they do a Palisades East and a Palisades West Grand Prix. So they do one in the Jersey Palisades, and they do one mm-hmm, out here mm-hmm. in the California Pacific Palisades. I mean, ooh, that's I'm just tossing that out there. Uh, Liberty, uh, Liberty Capital, if you want to run with that idea, uh, hit me up for a consulting fee. Um, uh, but I feel like yeah. this is just turned into like cruising USA. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Yes. Uh, make gumball from, uh, from Grand Prix to Grand Prix. Uh, all right. So Johnny, we'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's re- real quick before, before we cut out of here, uh, who do you think is looking the most promising going into this first weekend? Uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix, uh, who, what, what I'm sorry, team, Corey, what? you said first weekend as in like literally the upcoming weekend, we are going to finally have finally. the proper start. It's going to the 2022 season. I'm losing my goddamn mind. I'm so unbelievably excited. There's been so much buildup, all the shuffle of all the rules, the new cars, side pods, non side pods, beautiful pasta pods on the Ferrari. Like just like, (laughs) yes, all, all of these variations. Uh, I'm so excited to see racing happen. I can't, I can't bear to like pull together any sort of like proper, prediction yeah. or estimate like i want to just be like the mercedes is gonna crush it and uh the red bulls will be close behind but somehow the ferraris will drive by and will be so stunningly beautiful that the red, red bulls will spin off the track and the yeah. wheels will fall off their wings will go flaccid and uh <laughs> it will uh it will, there will be some, like, that's, that's just where I, I can't process it. Like, I can't, like, I can't look at it and be like, yeah, I think this is, this is the one guy to watch or the one yeah. scenario. There's, there's so many, so many variables. What, uh, what are you thinking? I mean, uh, like I said, I think the Red Bull looks the strongest. Um, I think that they're going to punch, punch out, right out of the gates. They're going to come out um, really, really punchy. They're going to come out strong uh probably qualifying um up there maybe even locking out the front row um that's that's my prediction i don't know about the race itself um because so many new things are happening because they've only done a few race simulations no one's done more than like 20 
25 laps um and these grand prix are at least double that uh some much more than double that so there's going to be uh, a lot of reliability issues that may come up that haven't reared their head no one really had reliability issues during testing really like not really um not like we've seen in the past um mm-hmm. like engines were not blowing up uh so i'm interested to see what if any engine issues arise, uh, if any body work starts rattling off the cars after uh, going 70 laps uh, with potential porpoising issues and uh, and just that weird stiff ride. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tricky, tricky to to figure out who's going to who's going to finish first. But I do think Red Bull's going to qualify uh, uh, at the top of the timesheets. Um, I think maybe a, a, a Red Bull one, two, and then Lewis and George getting in there. Uh, maybe Carlos uh, getting a little frisky. I mean, if anyone's going to disrupt the Red Bulls, I think it's going to be Carlos Sainz throwing it out there. I love your, I love your Carlos. Uh, I'm obsessed with affinity. Carlos. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm fully on board. Uh, I, I think that would be if there's someone that's going to like all of a sudden leap to the forefront. I'd yeah. be happy to see Carlos be uh, be the guy doing it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I don't know what to expect. I just am delighted to what be a, surprised I mean, and to just see where it, where it all lands. I I almost I, I and I don't mean this in like a like a dismissive way, but I do almost feel sorry for new fans because like this is not how it goes. Uh, you, you, yeah. you, one, you don't have a season that goes down to the literal last lap of the last race that does not happen. That is literally never happened, uh, in the history of the sport. And the sport has been around for as long as some of our grandparents. So like, uh, uh, literally like we're getting spoiled. Even we as like seasoned fan, as lifelong fans, John, I know this because we've talked about, like, we feel spoiled by what we're seeing. Uh, we're not expect, like you usually have at least an idea of who's going to be the top dog or top two dogs, uh, in there. Right. Um, but I, I, I got nothing. I really have no idea who's going to come out on top. Um, I'm I'm just blindfolded, throwing a dart at the wall and saying Red Bull um, because they looked the most consistent. That's Mm -hmm. but Ferrari also looked very consistent. Mercedes, I think, was taking the piss out of everybody. Um, And I think McLaren, as soon as they sort their braking issue out, they weren't dealing with any of the porpoising issues from the jump. So, like, I don't know, man, that's four teams that could win it right there. Right, and that's yep. two drivers per team. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and I mean, you combine with that, we've got uh, a first-time world champion who's going to be eager to say that he yeah. deserved it and and should have it again this season. And we've got the most motivated state that we will have seen a seven-time world champion in. And then at the I same mean, time, we got all these other wild cards, like we have things yeah. like George Russell getting his shot in potentially the fastest car on the grid and potentially wanting to just go to full on battle and with his own teammate. Um, If he he blows Lewis out of the water, I don't know if Mercedes can rein that in. I don't think that they can. I think they're just going to have to be like, okay, well, 
teach him how to be the best. Multi 21 boys. Yeah. Um, oh wow. Uh, yeah, it is really, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what this season brings, man. Uh, I'm, I'm blown. I'm blown away. I'm blown away at how fortunate we are as fans, uh, and I'm happy to be going through this. Um, like we just so happen to be doing this podcast uh, uh, now, uh, so we get to like chronicle what's going on and uh, and get to watch. Oh, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's yeah. a perfect storm of all of the the last season being so eventful, the shakeup of the rules. Yeah. Um, the American fandom increasing and and races coming to our our home country, and then yes, us <laughs> using this as the time to start up a, a podcast, which has made my own already obsessive fandom like more diligent and yeah. and you know uh, intense and focused <laughs> as I'm trying to track every single crumb of information that's that's coming through, and it's not you know, and, and none of it is fatiguing me it's just like no it's just getting me more riled up so uh yeah i i guess i guess you could say i'm excited yeah. um yeah me too uh, and and hey this this you know we're on opposite coasts but we have to figure out a way to this season uh you know catch some races together whether that's yeah. in front of the tv or whether that's sitting in the grandstand somewhere um, yeah we're we'll we'll have to figure out how to make that happen and you know what? Maybe we could figure out uh, how to how to maybe do like a Twitch stream of us watching these races because uh, my TV's right over mm-hmm. my shoulder. Um, and uh, John, I know you've got uh, the the capability of setting up a mobile rig um, where you are. So like maybe we'll like if we can't get together in person, maybe we'll uh, live stream a race together um yeah uh, we'll we'll, fi- we'll figure out something along those lines i think there's some there's some fun stuff there yeah uh, i i have a whole i have a whole thing oh. that uh while not while not achievable on our means was a whole thing that i pitched to formula one and the fia as a like interactive broadcast scheme Ooh. of wow. of some kind of uh, we'll, we'll We'll touch on that at some point in an off week or or whatnot. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, let's 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 go racing. Let's. Uh, yeah. I, I can't uh. can't wait to. Uh, it's. I'm just stoked that the next time we're sitting here talking about this, it will be immediately following uh, the first Grand Prix of the season. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, just completely great. like spent after watching a race after not seeing one for like nearly a hundred days. Um, what, what build up? Uh, John, so where can, uh, folks find you online? Uh, if they want to track you down, hit, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Johnny motion on, on Twitter. Ping me anytime you want. If you got any questions or curious about any of the other things that I get into, you can find me there. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, I am at a uh, burn Corey burn. I, I'm still saying at like people aren't just, they don't even need to put that in there. Ugh, it's um, at symbol. It's the one it's, that you use when you're, when you, the one that goes in front of your, not, AOL. An, ampersand, not an ampersand. It's an no, at, no. um, yeah. uh, you'll get a totally different thing. If you put an ampersand before, uh, names. And by that, I mean, you'll get nothing. Um, 
So yeah, you can find me uh, uh Burn Corey Burn. Uh I uh I just started us up a little uh Reddit um profile. Oh uh, the F1 Ooh, files. Lovely on reddit so you can track us down that way uh um i'm going to be posting so many memes i'm gonna guys i'm sorry but this is where all my memes are gonna go um i love it like like i said before i do I absolutely stuff, love it and my comedy uh that has everything to do with f1 never uh matters to the people who love my comedy uh, otherwise so i'm like oh, but i'm funny with f1 stuff too and they just don't get the references i don't think or maybe i'm painfully unfunny i don't know folks downvote me uh, uh downvote our memes on uh, on reddit uh the f1 files we're also the f1 files on twitter so uh you can reach out to us uh that way and engage us and chat us up um yeah johnny uh but uh i think that'll that'll just about do it for us uh anything else you want to say to the folks out there in the world we will see you next week after the bahrain grand prix oh yeah all right folks until next time on the f1 file